It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play! To the Big Play Reflog Show. We're in studio. I'm Gabriela Cruz alongside Nick Padone, and we've got Michael Bohm, the producer. We actually have a packed house here today. McNeil is in studio alongside our very special guest. But before we get into that, what do you have, Chris? There. Yes. Hello, Chris. Welcome in studio. In studio. Yep. We got, we got a special episode. I mean, the whole thing. We've got. You'll get into it. Got the barbecue out there. Very special guest. Actually, two special guests. Mm-hmm. We are. Our cup overthrow, f- overfloweth today. <laughs> yes, we've got the. This is our first ever cookout episode. So we've yeah. got Tony Lane out here with the Dude Network. He'll be in, and uh, he's cooking for us. But before we get into our first featured Labatt interview, let's talk a little bit about Nick's first oh, pitch. This was pretty fun. This was yesterday. He threw out his first pitch at the captain's game. We were all there to support him. First of all, not a bad looking. What do you, are we going to no. call it a strike or not what? Not bad. Oh, I called it a strike for sure. I know you're going to call sure. it a strike. Called I feel like. You got a little frame help, but honestly, it was there. It was 98%. Don't all the great pitchers have a little bit of help from behind the dish? You know, the catchers never get the sort of love they deserve. And obviously, you know, the great pitchers have good umps behind them as well, too. Yeah. I didn't have an ump, but. You know what? Considering your nerves about this, uh, I think it was a complete, you just crushed it. So yeah. that was fun. And, and then shout out Joe from the captains for framing it really nice. Yes, yes. And we have some really great footage. Truthfully, we should have loaded this into the show. Maybe we'll have to tweet it separately. But the the bubble game that you and McNeil played, you know the one at do the ballpark? Do we have to bring that up? We have to. I mean, really, do we have to bring video. that up now? Oh, man, it was great. I, this is the funniest thing I've seen in a minute. You know when you're in the bubbles <laughs> and you just run at each other. And what's the goal? Just to hit the other person down? That's that's pretty much. And w- what was kind of crazy, at least for me, Chris, is that they sent us out there with very minimal direction. <laughs> like, no direction at all. No direction at all. <laughs> they basically put the suits on, kind of told us how to put the suits on, and then just said, go. Yeah, and, and then the, the doors just opened. <laughs> now I know like a closing pitcher feels like rock it out because we hear the music, then we're coming out. And that was it. It was like gladiator style. And then you just instinctively knew. Time Time right. to run yeah. at the other bubble. Just go right at him. <laughs> and yep. get my ass kicked. And that's oh, what man. happened. It I, was ugly. When you were upside down, I was dying. I was I'm, like a turtle I'm, on my back. Yeah, it was pretty And great. the weird part is, I didn't know if there was going to be anybody to help me there. 
So yeah. I was like looking around. I didn't know if one of the guys was going to help me up. Oh, and then yeah, I help realized, you get back on your feet. You know, after I'd been there for like a second, it was probably no more than a second. It felt like it was 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was you like, were definitely. There's nobody coming to help me. Yeah. I'm on my back. I either do this myself or it's not happening. He was strangled cockroach for sure. Yeah. Well, and you there were, were a lot of people <laughs> in the outfield, but like, you know, there were obviously, there was like three video people. There was, right. you know, somebody with an actual camera, our person with a camera, and then somebody with a phone. And then, you know, so I'm like, are these people actually going to help us or are they really here just taping? it like what yeah. what's going on here so yeah i totally got that but man it was fun was there a second there where you thought maybe we were supposed to be racing or something because when i <laughs> ran at you and you like ran the other direction i was like maybe we're supposed to be running across the outfield a hot dog derby no but bubbles. and now i'm way behind i'm like I, I had a panic attack for like a half a second there. yeah it was it was crazy but i'm glad we did it i yeah. i guess i definitely uh i didn't think that that's what they meant they sent like a rundown of how the day was gonna go and gab we did the chicken thing you know where they they were flinging rubber chickens at us, and we yeah. were trying to catch them in a basket. I'm not gonna um, lie, that was pretty hard. That was really they, they difficult. They really fling them all over the place. Yeah, you don't like, know where. It was like field day, like yeah. all, the, all the yard games we got to put together yesterday. It was a good time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can hear this uh, crazy landing we've got outside, but we are in an airport, as we've mentioned. Like, and like a look at we've got military grade we've got action. caliber. Like, I'll tweet out the video because there is literally. They're trying to show up to our cookout. Wow. Yeah. I can see the reflection. That's insane. We've yeah, got some it's like, pretty it's like something straight out of Call of Duty. Like somebody's getting a care package. Whoa! Now that is <laughs> that is an aircraft I have not That's seen amazing. yet here at. Wow. At yeah, so our Burke. interns kind of just got booted out, is what happened. So if it sounds a little bit better now, they they closed the door. What is I, that? I told them not to park that there. I said park <laughs> it on the other side. It'd be is distracting. I gotta get in. back to Columbus. That thing right. looks sweet. It says United States. It what says reflog on the side. <laughs> wow. What does it say, Marine? I don't know what that is. It does side. say Marine. Corps. I don't have yeah. a visual on it. All I'm right. sorry. That's, that's pretty cool. We I've never seen that here before, and actually, that's a really neat looking aircraft. I wish we could show that. But um, anyway, yeah. So speaking of airborne, uh, McNeil was fully airborne uh, yesterday. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> that's a segue. And then, wow, that's a pro's and pro then right there. Completely on his back. And uh, anyway, with that, we should get into our featured Labatt interview, our first featured Labatt interview. We are joined in studio by legendary Cleveland sportscaster with Fox 8. John Telich is here. Now he's got his whole podcast called Telich Talks. Really cool. We'll talk a little bit about it. But thanks for coming down to the studio, John. This is just great to be here. First of all, you know, Gab and I, have, we've run the trails together. Yes, we uh, have. On, on a few occasions, our dogs, uh, Scarlet and Blue, Yep, right? blues, Blue. yep. And uh, so we go back a ways. Nice to meet Nick. And, of course, Chris, you've been a media personality coming from the fan side of things. And I think what you've done is just amazing. So kudos. Good to be on with you, Thank my man. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for being here. You bet. It's nice to sit next to a legend. <laughs> I, don't I mean, know he is. So <laughs> what have you been doing in retirement? Uh, well, I have been doing the pod. That, and thanks for the little mention there, Gab. It's just nice, you know, conversations with people that I, when you were on TV, you didn't have that time to really right. do a deep dive with somebody. And so I can get the backstory behind why, uh, how Charles Bentley took the inc incredible disappointment of in getting injured on the first play of practice yeah, when he was fulfilling that. his dream of being a Cleveland Brown and, uh, you know, see how he feels now being back at his alma mater, St. Ignatius, director of football uh, operations, if you will, there and, and one of the coaches. So that's been a blast. You have more time to kind of find the story. People that have overcome uh, difficult obstacles in their lives. Uh, I uh, just did a recent pod with a gentleman 
who suffered a traumatic brain injury at age 11. He's 54 now, and he's an artist, and how he's been able to live a real, rich, fulfilling life with a phenomenal attitude despite the physical limitations that, um, that he has had. And it's been really cool to like meet people like that. Everybody's got a story. Mm-hmm. Right I want to get into your story sometime because how you, you know, <laughs> oh, you're talking watch about. Watch out, sit back, have a <laughs> beverage. Here we go. <laughs> get into your, I mean, you know, we, we first, uh, Chris and I kind of first had uh, interactions with each other when you were getting ready to do the parade. Yep. Back in yep. 20, and I was like, what's this guy doing? This guy's off his, off his rocker. Who is this moron? Yeah, who is this guy? Why is he doing it? This is, He's our this moron. is insane. What are you doing? And yet you pulled it off and you made a point. And I thought it was an amazing aspect of fan empowerment. And then you've just taken it another step or two as the years have gone on. So. Kudos to you on that. Well, I appreciate that. I you don't bet. hear that every day. That's uh, a <laughs> that, that, that's that's that means a lot coming Thanks. from you. I, you I really do My appreciate pleasure. that. Now, in your in your years of covering sports here in Cleveland, sure. there's got to be so many stories more than you could possibly share on here. <laughs> Are there maybe a story that 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 when you sit back, you think I'm still amazed that that happened that way? Well. Uh, the Indians were in the World Series in 95, first year, you know, of course, of big news. And yeah. so I went to our boss and myself and Mark Schrader and said, will you allow us to go down to the Dominican Republic and spend a week or two and, and really dig into why these guys love baseball so much, why it's such a big deal down in the Dominican. Of course, yeah. at the time we had, you know, Manny Ramirez was born in the Dominican Republic. You yep. had Jose Macy, a Tony Perez, a Julio Franco. And so we did. We went down there for almost two weeks and we just were able to like go all over the eastern end of that uh, that island, you know, because it shares it with uh, Haiti. And we we're able to kind of find all these players. I a few of them, I had, they had no idea we were down there. I literally, at one time, was with an interpreter, and I said, uh, you know, Donde esta la casa de Julio Cesar Franco? And that was, we are trying to find Julio uh, Franco, uh, yeah. the, the baseball player. And he had just re-signed with the Indians at the time. And so uh, this gentleman took us to San Pedro de Macariz, which is where all the shortstops are blossomed. You may know the history of that. And took us to this, we found this home. It was a, looked like a home you'd see in, like, North Royalton. But then next to it was uh, barns and pigs were running around. And it was just, you know, not much zoning going on (laughs) in the Dominican. And then we go to the house and there's Julio Franco. And it's like, oh, you know, because I covered Julio the first time around and Mm -hmm. we reconnected. And then he took me to his Little League baseball field and uh, introduced me to his Little League coach. And then we're standing out on the mound. And I said, Julio, you were known at the time when you were a baseball player with the Indians the first time around as a guy who enjoyed the nightlife, let's just say. I'll be, you know, won't get into too many details. He proceeded then uh, on the mound to tell me how he had given his life to Jesus Christ and how that he had changed his life. And it, th- that was just one of the stories. Um, um, Julian Tavares told, uh, took Mark Schrader to meet the scout that discovered him and signed him out of poverty. I was wow. on the on-deck circle wow. at a uh, winter league game with my cameraman, Herb Thomas, the great soul man, may he rest in peace, and I'm interviewing um, 
Sosa, Sammy Sosa, on the on, we're in the on deck circle. I said, "Do you are you sure we can interview you here? You're going to be a, you're going up to the plate here, and like you know, in in a matter of pitches." He says, oh, no problem, no, no." And so we literally interviewing Sammy Sosa in the on deck circle, and this was two years before he became Sammy Woo. Sammy Sosa, yeah. you know, with with McGuire. And he proceeded to say, "My biggest goal in life was to build a concrete home for my mother." And wow. that's what uh, was huh. a big deal for the kids from the Dominican Republic. They could make enough money to help bring their family out of poverty. And we went out uh, with Jose Mesa and his wife, and we went to where Manny Ramirez was born and met the people that knew him when he was a little before, little boy before he moved up to uh, Washington Heights in the Bronx uh, where he was discovered. That was such an awesome experience. And what, what made me recount that now, Chris, and also what made me think about how things have changed, because if that were to be today, I would have had to spend half the day tweeting about half the stuff I was doing, <laughs> you know, yeah. Or, yeah. or writing an so email. And, and, and it, but back then, we could just spend time gathering journalistic stuff. And yeah. then present it later, put it on shows and stuff. That was one of the greatest experiences. That's an life. interesting yeah. distinction that you could really be in the moment for that. Yeah. And it's and and the deadline is separate from trying to live do everything on the spot. It was it was just a, you don't get opportunities to do that stuff. And yeah. then let's say you know back in the day when the Cavs, uh, I remember the first year that uh, Mark Price came on the scene. Yes. And we, back in those days, uh, were able to witness entire practices, not just for the Browns or the Cavs or whatever, but with the Cavs, Lenny Wilkins, we were up on that third floor of the old Coliseum. They had asbestos on the walls. and, and I was actually in that room. In that room? I've yeah. been in that room yeah. back yeah. in the day because yes, we lived indeed. in Bath. I'd go to several games up there at the Coliseum, yeah. and he'd give a coach's talk. Yeah. And if you were, I forget what dad had, but he had some sort of a corporate event. We got to go in there. He gave yeah. one of those talks and I was looking at the walls. I'm like, this what is this not, stuff? yeah, this is not like you would expect. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you don't think of NBA players being in this kind of a facility yeah. where you look and it's asbestos walls. And that's literally what it was oh, at the old Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be out there and Brad Doherty would be after practice. He'd put on his overalls and like go in the back uh, past the parking lots with a shotgun and see if he could find him a couple of squirrels. No kidding, oh, yeah. really. And uh, <laughs> then, uh, but probably I probably good hunting there. What's that? There's probably good hunting. Yeah, there. I mean, well, you probably it's, it's had part, great success. It's right now part of the you know the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. You know, yeah. it was reclaimed, and Lenny would <laughs> allow us to watch practice. And I can recall some of the greatest one-on-one -on -one battles. Kevin Johnson, who they traded away. Yes. Uh, against Mark Price every day for two hours in practice. And I said, we're seeing the future of the Cavaliers because this Mark Price is really phenomenal. And Kevin Johnson is a tremendous player in his own right. And they made the big deal to send him away, get Larry Nance. And I think that's what sped up their, their uh, development back in those days. Now, John, another piece of kind of just Cavs history that you, you kind of rebrought to us. We know the LeBron movie is out on Peacock, yeah. The Shooting Stars, and I know you had David Lee Morgan Jr. Yes. on your show. What were the, those early days like with LeBron and kind of his beginning at St. Vincent St. Mary's? Because it feels like we've had a little resurgence of a top prospect this year in the NBA with Victor Wembanyama, yes. and everybody's ecstatic about this kid. But really, it was way crazier for LeBron. Right? It really was. You know, I think that LeBron, at least as far as my experience doing TV here in Cleveland is, 
he kind of split my career right in half. Like the last hmm. 20 years have been LeBron. Yeah. And so not only did he split the career, he was part of the uh, emergence of the Internet and how the Internet covers athletes and how ESPN hitched their wagon to LeBron back when his games were broadcast and Dickie V, Dickie Vitale was coming yeah. in town. Hey, yeah. baby. And to see this kid play. And and so I can recall, you know, ninth grade games, you'd see the vision that he had. And then this group of players that played with him, whether it was Drew or, or Romeo or Sheon, all those guys, and uh, Coach Dan Brott, and then, of course, later Coach, uh, you know, Drew's, uh, Drew Joyce himself, um, you know, he he was had so much pressure on him, so many eyes watching him, and he's more than delivered. And it's always yeah. been, you know, with a, a a strong sense of what's good for the community, which we've seen what he's done with the I Promise School. Uh, but it was just phenomenal to like even after games, there was real cool moments. Some sometimes we'd be out on the court. And I wasn't part of the rights holders. You know, nowadays it's the rights holders can be on the court and get the players right off. The, like Allie LaForest will get so-and-so okay. for TNT. Yeah. And then, you know, the rest of us were going to the media room to get sound. Well, I would sneak out on the court sometimes before I would be admonished by the PR people. And I would just get one <laughs> or two bites from LeBron. And then, you know, he was really cool to me about that. And then I'd get shooed away by the, the mm -hmm. PR people. You're not supposed to be doing that. And uh, so I always respected how he went about his craft, still does to this day, still one of the greatest players in the game. And he, more than anybody else, is kind of like the defining figure um, in sports that I've been able to cover for all these years. And he's still going, and I'm retired. What's amazing, going on? right? It's crazy. <laughs> it's insane. 2016. What did that mean to you? I mean, I, I know what it meant to me as a yeah. fan. The Cavs finally do it. We've had so much heartbreak. Yeah. I know you've covered it all. I've lived through it. Yep. What was it like in 2000? Well, uh, when the Browns won the uh, championship back in 64, I got to experience that on yeah. a father-son level. My brother and I and my dad were at the game. We saw it. It was a big moment. But at the time, you didn't know it was a big moment because you're a kid and you think this stuff's going to continue. It's going to happen every oh, year. Of course. I mean, my first year back here in 1980, cardiac kids, yeah. I'm figuring, wow, these guys, this is going to, every year these guys are going to be in the playoffs, you know, and it just wasn't the case. So, Same thing for me. I was at Kosar's Gastineau game. And I go. thought, well, that's okay. You know, this yeah. type of thing will happen every single year. You think was, of teams like the Patriots. Man, how would you like to be a fan of them? <laughs> They're never in the playoffs. They're never <laughs> sniffing anything. And then yeah. we all know what's happened since yeah, then, yeah, right? Yeah. It was just, you know, so much fun. Like the the Bernie teams in the 80s yeah. was, were the essence of just great community fun because, first of all, the free agency, not what it it is today in sports general. So the players that were here as a youngster, they were here for quite a few years. And so you got the relationships with, I'm looking over at Hanford, they're on the wall, and yeah. Bernie and the relationship with Bob Golick. And I remember, you know, going to charity functions with Bob Golick and to cover the events, or sometimes we'd even go and pick him up to get him to the event and stuff. And there's been more of kind of like a dividing line in recent years, yeah. uh, the athletes versus the media, and, you know, and the teams are disseminating their own media uh, little uh, packets versus the media trying to get their daily dose of what they want. So it's kind of uh, put, um, 
parceled out to you, not the way the, that it was in the days when you could get everything you wanted at a practice. So, um, but LeBron, far and away, you know, just the most compelling figure and remains to this day. Even the things that he said on a social level, where I remember asking him about, uh, there was a time that LeBron and D. Wade and all the guys uh, stood up in the summer at the ESPYs and they wanted to put some pressure on the commissioner to do more to help the inner cities and the cities that are around the NBA. And I remember asking LeBron about that moment, and yet he used that moment to make a statement about, I worry about my son one day driving and being pulled over by the police. It's like, whoa. Yeah. You know, and so um, he's just he's really a fa- uh, If there's a guy you know, would be the dream, sit down and talk two hours to, it would be LeBron James. But this would have to be on his terms. And getting back to your question, Nick, you know, this we're seeing that in the manner of a a made-for-TV spectacle uh, that's being watched by uh, people around this country about the, the origins of the, you know, the, the, the characters that played for Akron St. Vincent St. Mary. Yeah. You said LeBron is still going and you're retired, but really you're still going too, John. <laughs> um, I think one of the and you cool- would know firsthand, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. so one of the things I think would be cool for you to chat a little bit more about, because I'm pulling up this episode, the one you sent me about Bo Knows Running, Iron Man yes. Running Streak. Well, we're both runners, and you really are still going. I know you've had some knee issues and such, but you're really still getting miles in. Can you tell us a little bit about how did you get into running, and how did it explode to all these miles? Yes, it's... Uh, uh, I, my running, et cetera, has been in three stages. Uh, I graduated from college. I was a half a pack a day smoker <laughs> and enjoyed my beer and, and being involved with my fraternity brothers and then doing all the radio and TV at Ashland College. And then I made a promise, graduate, quit smoking, start running. The next day I did that. I quit smoking and I started running like a half mile that first day. And then you I You got a job in the media and what? quit smoking and started exercising? Wow. That usually goes the opposite way. That's right. <laughs> so I get out of college and I started running, you know, longer distances. And then that started a, a period of like 12 years where I ran just marathons. And I run a, ran a bunch of marathons. The first one was in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. And so I ran a marathon. I was age 23. And I did those up until I was about 33 or so. And then I discovered triathlons. So I get into triathlons. I do 20 some years of tries, more than 100 of them, three Ironmans. Um, so I'm doing those. And then I discover these crazy people running on the trails and these, and not just not the asphalt trails, but the real gnarly single track roots. Well, you know, Gab, because we've run them and I've tripped over them. You saw me face plant a few times. Oh, same. <laughs> yep. And so and that's I, the thing. I, you fall. Oh, you, you do, do trail running. Because I've tried trail you, running with you, my ankles. Forget yeah, about it. it yeah. I don't make it very far. I yeah. really do not. You do. You do. And yeah. I and I believe me, I've I've fallen when running a hundred mile race. Uh, you know, that's part of the damage. So I got into running like ultra marathons, and that's what I've been doing up up until now and I in fact I just did one about a month ago that was like a run as far as you can in 24 hours and I just said well I've done a hundred so wow. I'm just going to do 70 because that's my age that'll be my age in a week or two so I did 70 miles and uh, the cool part about that was it was the first time I did it on like we call it a hamster wheel because it was just a one mile trip in the uh, in the woods Dude, I have that to do you, 70 you, times 
What's that? You'd have to do 70 times. You had to do is 70 times, and oh. then, you know, all your nutrition could be in one spot. You didn't have to okay. carry it. Because all the other races I've done, like the 100 milers, they start at one spot, and they go all over God's creation, and they end up in another spot. So you need logistics of having a crew intercepting you every so often to give you things that you need uh, to help sustain you as you go forward. And you also have to stay ahead of time limits because after 30 miles, you have to be such and such a spot. And if you're behind, they pull you off the course. And first time I ran a 100 miler, I'm down in the Cuyahoga Valley. There's a place that we call the uh, Sound of Music Hill. It's down in the valley. And I'm coming up the crest of a hill. I'm 73 miles in. And when I started that loop down there, they said, you're only 10 minutes ahead of the cutoff. Now, imagine you've been running for 21 hours, and you're, it's overnight. you got a headlamp on, and they're telling you you're only 10 minutes ahead of a cutoff. And you're thinking, well, I don't know how fast to run. I'm just going to run as fast as I can without killing myself. And I came to the top of the hill, and the guy at the aid station looks at me and says, give me your number. You're over the limit by three minutes. And I wanted to fight him right there I'll because yeah. I said, you can't pull wow. me up. Yes, I can, over sir. Over three minutes. Yeah, no. I was three minutes over. Oh. And so he was like a real big stickler. And after going back and forth with him, I realized I'm not going to win this argument. He's just a real stickler. Other ones You had a were... chance to make cross-country a contact sport there. Yeah, I should have. I should have <laughs> just let him have it. Or I should have just said, hey, you know, Haley's Comet, and then just took off in the other off. direction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. So anyway, so I, I learned the wrong... I learned a, a lesson. The next year, I ran faster, so I was ahead of the cutoff. Cool. That's so. insane. Yeah, so that I, I've insane. run three marathons myself. I almost died like all three times. What happens to your body when you go that far? Because I've never, I can't think of ever going anything over, you know, the 26 point. Yeah, so much of it's your miles. head. You know, it's, 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 you've got the, the proverbial uh, one, one mindset on one shoulder saying, oh, did you, I, I think your ankle's a little sore, isn't it? Yeah, okay, yeah. There's something wrong with your ankle there. Maybe you ought to slow down a little bit, or maybe it's time to pull out. You've already run 52 miles. You don't need to run 100. Come on. And then the other one's saying, you can still do this. And so yeah. you fight yourself, and you go through one little mini crisis after another, and then by the time you get to, let's say, 80 or so, you're going, yeah, everything's cool. What was bugging me at mile 25, I forgot about what it was. And then you just, you know, you get it in your mindset that you can finish. Sometimes you talk yourself out of um, not finishing, saying, uh, you know, I'm behind the eight ball here. I'm not going to make the next cutoff, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so um, so that's those are the mind. I just want to see, you know, what I'm made of, you know, uh, how far I can go. Uh, and I meet so many awesome people on the trails. It's really cool. That's Gab notwithstanding. <laughs> <laughs> so, so speaking of marathons, yeah. our Cleveland Browns, yeah. are we ever going to end the marathon? You, said, you mentioned 1964. Yeah. How close are we right now to making it back to where we need to be? And, and and winning finally a Super Bowl in my life. Well, Chris, I think it all I think it all uh, comes down to how well Deshaun Watson plays. I think they did shore up their defense. I like what they did with the defensive line. I like some of the big boys in the interior of the defensive line. But it's going to be how well he runs that offense and how he deploys. Uh, um, how how well Kevin Stefanski can coach the offensive side of the football this year. Uh, because you're going to have to outscore. You're going to have to – you want to get past Patrick Mahomes. You want to get past Aaron Rodgers, all those people. You're going to have to put up a lot of points. And so it all hinges on that. Um, I don't know if they have what it takes to you know go to the Super Bowl or anything of that. But 
if he plays well, they're certainly going to be very much in the conversation, I think, this year. And what are your thoughts on Stefanski? I was just about to ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As somebody that's covered the team for a while, yeah. you know, and just you kind of understand how these things go and how the leash continues. We've seen a few and coaches in shorter Cleveland. and shorter. You've covered yeah. a few yeah. coaches in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, you know, I, I like Kevin to a point, but I'm still wondering if he's got the metal to be the type of a coach to take them. Is he in the Andy Reid uh, class? Well, I think no. Yeah. Um, but and I think that's going to be uh, another reason if they're not successful, maybe he just didn't come through as the solid coach that you would expect. But yeah. um, you know he did a nice job. He got them got them to the playoffs his rookie year. It was a weird year because of COVID, um, and I give him all the credit in the world for that. But I'm still I'm still slightly skeptical of his chances to take them as far as they have to go or yeah. want to go. And speaking of, you know, you've covered a lot of different coaches over the years. Yeah. You've also covered a lot of eccentric players. Is there anybody who's maybe the most eccentric you can think of? Wow. I, I know, I know. In Cleveland, we've had our, our handful, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. We've had Johnny Manziel's of the yeah. world, yeah. you know. Yeah, we've had just about one, yeah, OBJ. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's kind of a loaded question. There's a lot there. <laughs> but that's just recently. Have been, yeah. yeah, he was great. Um, uh, uh, Mel Turpin was a uh, you know, we used to joke about if you remember Mel Turpin back yeah. in the, eight, the early eighties. Back 80s. in the day, Nick, do you remember yeah. Mel Turpin? No. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Dinner Bell Mel, right? Yeah. So <laughs> we used to joke about him. Um, trying to think who else. How about uh, Albert the, Bell? What was he like? Well, to cover? okay, all right. Uh, Albert, I always love a good Albert uh, Bell story. Okay, I'm me, sitting uh, here right in front. Let of me Albert. give you the give the most infamous of the Albert Bell stories. You heard he threw a baseball at a fan. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. That's that's been legendary. Okay. Legendary. Nick, you've heard that story, yeah. right? Oh, oh, you heard that, Chris? Yeah, uh, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that day that he threw the ball at the fan, there's no video of that whatsoever. It did not happen because here's what happened. In those days, you it wasn't that game was not on TV. So all the local stations would send a camera. I'd send a camera to the game. They would shoot and they had the trigger and the trigger that, you know, get ready to throw the pitch, throw the hit hit the trigger, rolls the video. If it's a swing and a miss, hit the trigger to stop it. So there's no – well, on the play in question, he hit a foul ball. It's in foul territory. There's nothing to it. Every camera person stopped the trigger. Uh, the ball hey. rolls into the corner. Albert goes over and picks it up, sees this fan who'd been on his case the whole game calling, a, hey, Joey, keg party at my house afterwards. So he sees that guy. You want this ball, MFR? All right, here's your. And he zings this thing, hit him right here, Just. right in the solar plexus. So the game's over. This the word. And gets this is out an old the, municipal. This is a, he's a, old he's place. a ways 19, away from 91, this. Ninety-one, I believe. Nineteen ninety-one. Yeah. So it hits the guy right here. I get a phone call. I'm at the station, and it's the fan, and he's still sloshing his words he's in, he's inebriated as they come oh the fan and himself the fan himself calls me he says i want <laughs> i you know this he threw the ball at me blah 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 i said okay wait where are you right now and he said i'm in my house stay where you are i'm getting someone to come and pick you up don't talk to anybody else if you don't call any other stations you know we'll come you get, and get the you. exclusive and, and yeah. so we we send a guy gets him brings him to the station when we just did them, do them live. I interviewed him on tape. And so I said, don't you think you were egging on a guy's an alcoholic? He's trying to change his life. What, yeah. What's wrong with you? And why did you think he would do anything other than, you know, he, you were poking the bear and the bear came and, you know, got you. And he said, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. And I said, well, 
He hit you. Where did he hit you? He said, well, he hit me right here. I said, do you mind taking your shirt? He takes his shirt off. You literally could see every stitch of the baseball. <laughs> wow. Every stitch of the freaking baseballs right there. And so that happens. We show it on the air, and then Albert's people get wind of it as lawyers and what. And so then they want the video, and that wasn't my – that was above my pay grade. That, my bosses, that was their decision. I don't know if they released it because – they would have been they would have been taking raw footage, and I don't think we're allowed to give out raw footage. Now, if they took it off the air, I, I don't think there'd be anybody stopping them from doing that. So there was some legal stuff that went on, but yeah, Albert, that was wow. one incident. There was, of course, the you know chasing after kids that uh, that uh, threw eggs at his house on Halloween night. Um, I did just you always know where you were going to be on those days during Halloween. It's like, well, I got to make sure that <laughs> yeah, I'm on Albert watch. Yeah, I want to go to this guy. <laughs> yeah, um, he. Uh, I did a thing with uh, Sandy Alomar uh, talking about Albert, and all I, Sandy said in the interview was that he you never had any problems with Albert, none whatsoever, because Albert was so fast uh, so involved in his craft and he was always in the cages he was always working on refining his swing and so he was a huge student of the game never a problem as a teammate with albert but except uh, for the temperature right in the clubhouse yes yeah he uh that's the infamous uh paul hoynes called him uh, dr freeze because yeah. he he slammed the thermostat because he didn't like the temperature and that's uh, what i'm going to do in here <laughs> that, that, yeah. that's, that's our we've, decision. We've been close. Mr. Yeah. Freeze to come in here, no doubt about it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Albert was quite quite a uh, fascinating character. But, you know, the media's got to be your, your best buddy in order for you to win awards. And one year he had 50-50, and yeah. he should have been the MVP. Should have. Uh, yeah. But, you know, not because of the way he was towards the media or just in general, he didn't get those lovey-dovey votes and uh, – but Mo he Vaughan, was one right? heck of a player. He was that was one Mo Vaughn who ended up. Yeah, it was the Mo Vaughn year. You know, one of our area, one of our uh, residents in Northeast Ohio, Mo Vaughn. He he settled here in Northeast Ohio. Yeah, he he once today. sat courtside at one of my CYO basketball games. <laughs> growing Mo up. Vaughn, Mo you Vaughn look over there. Mo Vaughn. One of my game. I have a picture, old old picture of me, and I had like a like a curly kind of like bowl cut after a game, <laughs> all sweaty with Mo Vaughn. When That's you were awesome. future Nordonia. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. So Mo Vaughn, but Albert was quite a character and, but that, that team, those years, you had tons of them. You had the old Sage uh, veterans like Eddie Murray, who yeah. uh, the story goes and Sandy recounts it. He was the one that encouraged Albert Bell to not necessarily slam into Fernando Vina running from first to second, but don't do what you did earlier in the game. Make him pay. or And so that's how that came about. Yeah, because um, he didn't break up a double play did, earlier in the same he game. He sure broke one up there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Vina paid for it. Yes, he did. But uh, So you had so many characters in that team, from Jim Tomey to, yeah. you know, to Omar. I, I remember Omar uh, very early in his career with the Indians. He had three errors in a game. He came here with the reputation for uh, – um, El Gato for Felix Fermin, um, that he would be this great shortstop. And he has yeah. three errors in, in you know one of his earliest games as a member of the, the Indians. But yet he stood there after the game, and we just wave after wave of reporter, and it was really cool to us. Um, so there are a lot of characters in those 95, 97 teams. Um, and, you know, look at, look at Mesa. You know, Mesa, um, yeah. 
you know, had, took, had the worst time to have a, a difficult ninth inning, or we'd be sitting here with at least one World Series championship in the last so many years. Crazy. It wow. is absolutely crazy. What's your uh, what's your thought, dome or no dome? Um, I'm I'm up for whatever is best for the city to promote our city. So if it's a multi wow, there's a political answer. Okay, if it's a <laughs> if it's if it's a stadium that helps our city stage tons of events, I'm willing to get yeah. away from the football should be played in the Certain cold and yeah. the dark. Yeah, I'm happily uh, wed to that theory. So yeah, give me a dome, and I remember that cost. Um, Vince Campanell, his political life here in Cleveland <laughs> in the early 90s, uh, when they tried to build a dome stadium, and it, it kind of fizzled on the vine. And uh, I did a whole series of reports before they built Jacobs Field, uh, went to Sky Dome, went to uh, Camden Yards, went um, to uh, Kansas City, because it was the same architectural firm in okay. Kansas City that ended up doing Jacobs Field. I was at uh, Toronto, one day after there was a couple who infamously up in the hotel room <laughs> had left their curtains open <laughs> while they were yes. consummating their marriage or whatever it was. <laughs> and so uh, I was not the master of timing on that. But it, 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 the whole thing we want to know, is the dome good for the city? Back then, yeah. nobody was thinking in those ways. But I think in nowadays, you have to do what's best for the city. It's got to be a multi-purpose thing that you can stage Final Fours, all those types yeah. of things in your city. And if it's not on dirt and it's not on grass, you know, get over it. You'll live. Yeah. yeah. I'm with it. I'm with I that, like too. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, John, we thank you so much for stopping yeah. and sharing your stories. And one more time, where can people find you when they want to listen to Tellich Talks? Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, it's it's on all the platforms, uh, you know, Apple, Spotify. It's uh, just search Tellich, T-E-L-I-C-H. That's probably printed up there on the and uh, and you'll be able to find it and just enjoy the conversations and. And it was great conversing with you guys. We do a podcast right here. Catch you out on the trails. Maybe not as far. I'm not going to run as far <laughs> right. as you are. No okay. I might do maybe a 5K with okay. you, but pass that right. no way. Now, what, what's your mile time? I mean, what are you doing? See, if um, you're doing? If you're doing, let's say, I don't know, 5K. We'll okay. start off there. If what's your mile yeah. time? I mean, I can do like eight-minute miles, but eight minute. I'm not fat. It's I'm pretty not good. anything faster That's pretty that. good. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. But... I'm under a 10-minute mile. I'm happy. I'm 43, so if I'm at that level at any point in my life, I would be happy as hell. But but nowadays, you know, it's just how far you can go, yeah. and there's yeah. no real rush. Just beat the overall time limit and have a good time. That's fabulous. Yeah. Cool. Break a leg. Well, do you kinda. have any races coming up? Are you gonna? Are you? Do you have your eye on any anything uh, this summer? What's coming up uh, race-wise or anything? Yes. Uh, there's a thing I just saw that I'm, I'm going to do it. It's a 12-hour challenge. It's at the Metro Crazy. Park in Rocky hours. River Reservation. It's called Hell Hell on Hog's Back Lane. There's a oh. lane that comes up out of the park. I live near there. Hog's Back. Right, it the goes hill. right by the monument for Stinchcomb. Mm -hmm. So it's a 0.7-mile, uh, 122 feet of elevation climbing per yeah. loop. Oh and, my gosh! So you have the uh, Stitchcomb Hill every to see loop. How many you can do? Oh, that's wild. Is that insane? That's brutal. Yeah, it, I'll a, bet it's a little whack. That that <laughs> one's that whack. one's wacky because that is a uphill because there's the Stitchcomb Hill and there, so the Hogsback Hill is one and then yes. the Stitchcomb you curve around and go straight up. Yes. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like two hills 
and they're making a loop out of it. Exactly. And so, and I went there Friday with uh, my dog Scarlett, and we uh, scouted it out <laughs> and ran a couple of hours to see. It's now, it's it's fairly deep. John, I gotta ask, what kind of dog is Scarlett? Scarlett is a uh, English Springer Spaniel. Okay, cool. I have a little Pekingese. Okay. And he is about twelve pounds, very fluffy. However, we uncovered this weekend not much of a walker. Okay. Like down our street to the stop sign, and then he's and laying it. in the grass. That's because the poor guy's nose is just, he can't yeah. get his oxygen in yeah. there. Yeah, which I, w- I don't know. I was excited. I thought, like, part of getting a dog, you know, I was, like, real excited to take him out and go on some some big-time hikes this summer, but well, I guess he, it's going to be me. He'd look cute in the basket of your bike. Carrying him. <laughs> I mean, I could just <laughs> I carry him. I want to see that. We need that video. <laughs> Springers are uh, hunting dogs. I don't yeah. hunt, per se, but... She'd be in her element if she's just out with a hunter, right. you know, yeah. going to spring the birds so they can shoot at them. But she just loves to run ever since she was like five months old. Yeah, always that's like on blues. The trails. Yeah. Blues could run blues forever. Zyper. Blues is in better shape than anybody I know. <laughs> so uh, thanks for having me, guys. This is yeah, yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. John, John you're a legend. Coming. Thank you so I'm a, much. I'm a knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad that you uh, took time on your Monday hey. to come in and, and tell us now everything. get out there and grab some barbecue. Yeah, yeah go Absolutely. ahead. Grab yourself something to eat. I'm going to do it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And we've got another interview coming up. But uh, first of all, did you try one of these, Nick? I did. So so full disclosure, Gab, I've been here You've been slamming a couple hours. Yeah, and I, okay. I've, I've had my share of sliders. What's today? the best thing Tony just... uh, cooked up for us? Um, So I had, a, I had a little preview. So I don't even know <laughs> if I'm supposed to be saying all this but i will who cares uh so i have had the sliders i've had both in chicken and pork i had a chili dog that he made which was very good all right Um, and then i'm told that he has a whole nother spread of things that he's gonna bring in here that that weren't on my kind of preview list but yeah i've been in here for like a couple hours before the show and and totally just You've been eating like nonstop the last two days. Between <laughs> yeah. this and the Lake County Captains, had you trying out all kinds of food, right? I know, and I tell people all the time, like sports media is kind of like like the sports side was why you know wanted to get into media, why I wanted to get into school. But now in some of these vlog things that I've done, you know, when I went to New York, there was a little food piece. I think maybe that's where my my passion really lies. Maybe when I decide to hang it up with sports, maybe I'll go like the Guy Fieri route and just. <laughs> and, but the, but you, the you gotta is, be more like John. Of- John enters the media and got healthy. <laughs> You're going the opposite direction. I'm on the wind yeah. horse route. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Wendy. Um, I enjoy my free food. Yeah, yeah. So, but th- yeah, that's the thing. And I'm not. I think it's because I'm not much of a cook myself. At least not a good one. I would like to be, and I try, but I'm just not as good as the Tonys of the world. Obviously, yeah. the restaurants. So I think that's kind of my way to to appreciate the culinary art is just to to try all the food and and some of these vlog adventures that we've done. Waving at planes? I was just trying to see if we could get Tony to come in. Come I know, on over. I know. Wave him in. Hey, oh, maybe he can't see me. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know that he could see you. So I think Bohm is going right. to run out. We'll let Michael handle <laughs> this. Gab, in the meantime, did you want to do a little fill in the blank we do now? Do a quick fill in the blank while we w- wait on Tony. We could do a quick fill in the blank. How about that? Yeah. Let's do it. We don't we'll have John, we'll have John in here. Yeah. Have him add to the sure. mix. Let's do it. Sure thing. We don't Ooh, have any music bets. for okay. this one. So do to do. Um, Okay, the blank will win the NBA Finals in blank games. Now, I know, Gav, we kind of I did some pulled up the odds. Research. And, and you have a take on this. So I think we'll, we'll, I'll throw it back at you. We never do it this sure. direction. You're the host that sets us what up. Do but I I'm think? throwing it back to you. I'm, Who's winning the NBA Finals I'm in how many games? I'm thinking the yeah. Heat in seven. That's a nice little... 
<laughs> You'd get eight and a half back on the that. What is heat. it? Uh, oh, the yeah. heat so, in seven? It, listen, it's Dad's a hot on take. Heat in seven. <laughs> Whoa. All I really? know is it would win me $425. You're if, looking at the money. Yes. Yeah. 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 Listen, I'm That's already a bad better, so I might as well. Play yeah. the odds. In for you know. a dime, in for a dollar. In this case, right. much more than a dollar. But <laughs> I think that's what it was. Yeah, $425. That's how much I would win if that were to come to fruition. So terrible, terrible bet, but it's what I'm throwing out there. How about you? Yeah, I, I think I'm still on the what Nuggets in six. Uh, I know that's what Dave initially yeah. had thrown out there, and I think I'm going to be on that too with Dave. Oh, okay. uh, I, I initially kind of thought when the when the odds first came out and the matchups, I really thought the Nuggets were far and away the better team, but Miami is going to continue fighting, they which are. is why like your Nuggets in seven is a hot take, and I get that. That's a really hot take. Yeah, no, because no, no, I no, mean, you said heat in seven. The, the, the heat, heat in the, seven. Yeah, that's, that's the hot take. take. That's yeah. the hottest the hot take. They are fighters. The one thing that you can't discount is that Jimmy Butler is going to keep them in each and every oh, yeah, game. Yeah, he's grinding. I could be inspired night. by this story, but at the end of the day, Denver's got Jokic. I, I just, their I inside game, I don't know. They're a lot to contend with. All right, I'm on Nuggets in six. What do you have? John, who you got? I'll, I'm going to say Heat in seven. No way. Oh, yep. oh <laughs> man. So Why it's going to be Nick and I versus the two of you. I'm <laughs> also going to go ball. Nuggets in they six. They played small ball in game two, and I think that would, that, uh, Turned out to be hey, fairly good for him. You never know. We'll see. Yeah, you wow. never know. And Gab, like you said, you know, we had those odds pulled up earlier before. I was the like, show so what is it? He's yeah. like plus eight fifty or whatever. I know. Gab, Gab's <laughs> eyes like lit up. I'm like, like kind of right. like me when I saw <laughs> those dollar when, size. I, when I saw those pork sliders. Like that was, the <laughs> same, that was the same look that Gab gave me when she saw those odds uh, on on Tipico. Yeah, the Heat are gonna have to be hot to make that happen. Okay, so the Browns' position battle I'm most interested in is. Big wide receivers could be interesting outside of Amari, obviously. We've got Elijah Moore's coming over. He's going to have to prove himself. Um, who else has looked at Marquise Goodwin's looked good at camp. We've yeah. got so many. I'm excited to see how the like defensive back room shakes out, uh, especially okay. with Jim Schwartz. I get that they lost Greedy, but you had Martin Emerson kind of explode onto the scene last year, and he was the hot topic as a rookie third-round pick. But then they keep just drafting guys in that position. Obviously, Greg Newsom's buddy Cameron Mitchell is here mm -hmm. now. He's going to play kind of that slot role to take some of that pressure off of Greg. So I'm just curious to see how that shakes because – they point. have a lot of guys there. They keep throwing darts at that position, and yeah. now it, and they're all good is the thing. So now it's how do you get all these guys on the field? Yeah. So I'm excited to watch uh, a lot of the defensive side of the ball under Jim Schwartz throughout this uh, mandatory mini camp and into training camp. Definitely. Chris, do you have a position battle? It's going to be, once again, the same thing. I'm looking at the interior of that defensive line, seeing what Jim Schwartz puts together. Is Tommy Togiai going to make this team? I know. Ohio guy. State, my Your Buckeye, guy. my guy. <laughs> you know, we got a new sheriff in town now with Schwartz. Maybe he can connect better with this regime. Maybe he could do something. I'd love to see that happen. But I know what needs to happen, which is we need to get tougher up front, and that's what that's what's going to start here. John, what are you seeing? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, I, I really think it's how well they their versatility is of their interior defensive linemen that will help uh, Miles, will help Zadarius as well. Of course, Zadarius can duck inside on occasion too. Yeah. So I, I think how well they get after the quarterback um, to, to shrink that time that the defensive backfield's got to – uh, worry about the the receivers um, and and Schwartz is a, a factor just he's a yeah. tremendous amount of credibility and so I I think that in itself um, from the jump will be 
a, a, a positive factor for the Browns. Miles Garrett missing OTAs, big deal, uh, not a big deal. Yeah, I, I was listening uh, to uh, sports talk this morning, and and they're getting into it. And I would say during the voluntaries, yeah, okay, but it, it, is this the mandatory part? I'm, I'm Still not. Voluntary. This is the mandatory so, well, week or no? This, this, about this to be coming mandatory. week is mandatory. It's coming. Okay, right. yep. it's mandatory. I would oh expect my. him to be there if it's if if it's voluntary. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Uh, you know what he does on the field on Sundays kind of speaks for himself. What in the world? Himself. We got food coming in. Oh my gosh! Wow. Unbelievable. This is yeah. this is looking good. Full spread on the way. So I, I was told before those are like grilled peaches. See, this is the way we <laughs> roll. This is how this is the way our it. podcast rolls. Literally, so just so you know, there's there's <laughs> live animals being slaughtered outside. <laughs> we got food. We got huge about. helicopters, planes coming I'm down. Telling. I mean, we got everything going on here, John. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Crazy. There you go, a little crazy, oh. crazy. How about this one, guys? And this Thank is crazy because this man. is still a hypothetical in its own right. Yeah. You think an odd man out if the Browns were to land DeAndre Hopkins? Chris, do you think it could be DPJ could b- probably maybe be on his way out of here? I think no that's, way. That's what I'm I think thinking. It's interesting. No way. Really? Yeah, because if you look at kind of the, I think the if outlook, anything, he's underrated. I, well, I think he is underrated, but I think. I, they think that too, probably. And you know, the outlook of, well, you're probably not going to be able to afford them in free agency next year with, you know, the high price tag that you'd probably pay somebody like D Hop. You're paying Watson all the money in the world. So I think DPJ would be the guy that they'd look to flip. You only spent a sixth on him. So anything that you get, you know how these yeah. num- numbers people get, you know, is, is in the green. So and I missed part. You said if D Hop comes. If D Hop comes. Okay. Yeah, if yeah. he comes. All right. I, I thought you were saying right out of the box. No, and no, I, no, I, no. My heart skipped a beat yeah. there. Yeah. I'm like, no. Casually, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that he would be just traded. I, I don't think he's. They're gonna cut him by any right. stretch now. How about uh, a little bit of baseball? Because we split the series with Minnesota. Um, I'm gonna skip ahead here for our last one. Blank will be the Guardians' starting pitcher on opening day next season. After, Ooh. after just mind you, splitting the series, we just saw Tristan McKenzie sizzling with 10 Ks. He's back mm. in action. Who do you think? Especially with you know. Bieber trade rumors. Yeah. We got Bybee and Allen coming up and doing their thing. I could definitely see Bieber getting dealt. Um, I think Tristan McKenzie coming back. I think he's an heir apparent for BRAs, and I could definitely see him starting game one of next year. Yeah. I do, too. I, I 100%. You're going to agree? Yeah. Well, that's I, no fun. I know. You're supposed gotta, to say, we, no, no, you're, have, you're out to lunch. To divergent, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I just can't see – Bieber giving them the not necessarily consideration, but the contractual, um, um, you know, j- just the take that he would. I th- I think Bieber is going to want to get paid and yeah. going to want to get paid to the max, yeah. and I, we didn't see that with Jose, and so yeah. uh, so then I think they've always been good about being preemptive in these types of things. This may have to be one of those cases. We'll see, I think so too. It's and it it. It's always such a bummer, you know. I, I get that it's played the Guardians slash Indians favor a lot of these times with the Clevenger trade. I mean, look at the haul that they got back yeah. for that. Like Quantrill was a part of that deal. He's been serviceable for us. Josh Naylor was a part of that deal. So obviously you win, you know, pretty much all these trades that you do, but it just sucks to rip that band-aid off, you know, of losing, yeah. you know, somebody yeah. like Shane. But I'm with you guys too. I it, like Chris said doesn't make look for great radio, but I think it's Tristan's time. Forming a circle and hugging and saying <laughs> we all right. agree on the same stuff. I know, I know. <laughs> 
Kumbaya. All that's left to do is eat some barbecue. There you go. Kidding. John, we're going to move you up by Gab. All right. All right. Tony's coming into the microphone. Tony, the man. Hi, John. Nice to meet you. How are you doing, buddy? We're going to be maneuvering here. <laughs> this looks amazing. Yes. So here we go. Entering frame, we have Tony Lane of the Dude Network. First of all, you've got quite the spread here. Maybe take us through what we're looking at and smelling because it's smelling good. Yeah, we got a lot going on. Well, in front of you, Gab, we'll start with the best, just like you. Um, we'll start. <laughs> we have a Frickson Family Farms uh, beef picanha, wow. um, seasoned with a Memphis barbecue rub, and then finished with some uh, tangy some chimichurri stuff. sauce. And then we have my easy peasy grilled veggies, uh -huh. which are in front of Nick here. Uh, that has zucchini, yellow squash, mini sweet peppers, minced garlic, some street corn seasoning, and some Kerrygold Irish uh, garlic herb butter. Wow. And I think that's I think that's all. And some oh, and some smoked ba uh, pork bacon in that as well for some extra flavor. And also in front oh. of Nick, we have our beef bacon wrapped onion bombs, which, onion bombs. which have burger. Uh, seasoned burger meat stuffed inside the onion circle. Holy cow. And then you wrap that with beef bacon, and then I got some of my own barbecue sauce glaze on top of that for everybody. Wow. As well as whatever else we brought here earlier today. It's been a feast. It's so, graduation season. This guy would be your, yeah, your right. main hire. <laughs> Grad parties, tailgates, you name it. You can't afford me, people, so I'm just doing this for, yeah. <laughs> hey, look at that. Exactly. So, yeah. Tony, how did you get into cooking like this? Because this is some serious cooking. I mean, Man. I show up today. You have a full operation out back. You see the food that's out here. Absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to dig into it. So what brought you to kind of getting into doing the grilling thing? Man, I tell you what, before I went to college, my mom said, you're not going to college till you learn how to cook. So she made me start learning how to cook. Oh, I made something. I made something that tasted not terrible. And I was like, all right, I can get behind this. And then when I was dating my wife, her mom was uh, is published in Taste of Home magazine. Um, so now my mother-in-law. So I always thought that was like really cool. And so I just started like a blog, found out I didn't really like writing, even though I have a journalism degree. So that was an interesting uh, come to realization moment. So then I started during COVID. I was like, well, let's start making some videos. And I started cooking. And then I had a couple people say they really liked the food that I made. And then I just found out I was a full-blown foodie and just started diving in. Then at the turn of the year, I found out that we grew up not so good financially and that there's a lot of love and some simple, cheap meals. And times are getting a little tough. You know, people don't got the budgets that they did. So started showing people how to stretch 10 bucks at a grocery store and doing like a modern flair with some modern cooking techniques and some great seasonings that are affordable to help bring these, what I call poor people food, up to like high-end lifestyle so i try to make affordable good food for everybody because on the dude network we're real and relatable r squared so the food this is all common stuff that you can go get at your local market and uh just take to the next level and you can easily do it any tailgate cool so this thing that i just had this is the onion bomb yeah what is in the onion bomb this uh, is fantastic well if i tell you yeah you know what i'd have to do no. right right i gotta recreate it. No, don't worry uh, if i so, recreate it it will not nearly be as good as no it. so really i'll tell every i love telling everybody my secrets because i don't i believe in sharing what's the point of developing all the skill set if you don't share it with with everybody to uh, help their own 
life out because, you know, I'd rather people eat something they make than take out because it's healthier for you as well. Uh, but on that, it's literally Italian seasoned breadcrumbs and some steak and brisket seasoning and wild game seasoning from Redbeard Seasoning out of Willard, Ohio. Shout out Charlie Fry. And uh, <laughs> stuff that inside that there. But the star of that shows the beef bacon because yeah. it's smoked and beef tallow and beef fat is at that smoky aroma. So when that renders down inside that porous onion petal, then into the porous beef, I'm telling you, you get all kinds of stuff going I on. Think in your that's mouth. a secret in a couple of your dishes, right? That beef bacon. You yeah, were talking dude, about beef that bacon earlier. changed my life, man. And it's healthier for <laughs> Put you that too. T-shirt. No, yeah, seriously, be, yeah, beef bacon's healthier <laughs> than pork bacon, so this is actually healthier. And you know, us dudes, we're a little stubborn to go to the doctor to get your stuff checked out. Right. So eat a little healthier and a common, easy switch. It's only ten bucks a pound for that. Compared to eight bucks for a good cut bacon, so for two dollars more, you can eat a lot healthier. And beef tallow, you can render down for like cookies. It can be a butter substitute. I mean, it's a lot of cool stuff you can do with beef tallow. I think I'm going to give it to the Browns O line, <laughs> so it can get them. They can hit them chop blocks a little bit quicker this year. Now, now as a foodie, obviously we have all kinds of crazy tailgate food in, in front of us. What's your favorite ballpark food, or, or do you even get to oh, that point of? I having... literally just recreated last weekend the footlong dingus dog that Happy <laughs> Cleveland made. Love yeah. it, and that changed. That was a lot going on, man, because it was. I don't know if you what the dingus dog is, but it's like named after Dingus Day, the Polish holiday. Over over in the Parma area, um, and it's I did a foot long version because you know, dude, network can't do a regular t- dog. Um, but it had like a layer of pierogies, some Cleveland red kraut, and like a horseradish cream sauce on it. It was pretty solid. So I would say a ballpark is only good as its dog, which is why mm-hmm. Toronto doesn't deserve a baseball team because their signature dogs are an ab- ab- horrible. It's abysmal. That's why no one likes baseball. In yeah, Canada. have you been around <laughs> to different stadiums to really put your um? Uh, just, I guess, evaluating? like the pitchers, yeah. Um, unfortunately, the budget doesn't allow me to get around to many parts of the country. <laughs> but, yeah, I've been to, like, Citizens Bank, and I always like the minor ball club, minor yeah. league. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Akron Rubber Ducks is going to have a way better and funner environment. And I always think their, like, their food menus, like, I love the signature dogs. We just talked about that on a show here recently. We did a tour around the country of, like, all these really crazy signature dogs that all the ballparks have. Mm-hmm. So ballparks and golf courses, they're only as good as their hot dogs. So you're also a Browns fan. Yes, love them. Big tailgater, right? Love what's, those two. What, what's the big tailgate secrets? Like if you were to give like the three best tailgate secrets from your opinion, what would those be? Uh, find everything you can cook on one vessel. That's electric. (laughs) Uh, That's huge right there. Yeah, that's huge because, like, today we were going to do something different, and I was like, man, if I do ceramic with charcoals, we might be out here until 11 o'clock waiting on the charcoals to dumb down. (laughs) So um, we just brought, like, a portable griddle, and I think it's important to um, pre-prepare everything and put it in, like, Ziploc bags, like, make your stuff, and all you got to do is just put it on the grill when you get there. That's a nice tip. And uh, have a game plan. Yeah. You know, and don't stray away from the plan. Don't try to get too cute, too fancy, because just whenever you think you got enough, you're probably got enough. Um, and if you run out, I mean, then all right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, don't over prepare. Keep it simple, um, and have a game plan. I'd say were the three best things, and have a budget, obviously. Now on the field, what are your thoughts, our Browns this year? Have you gone through and done like the oh, schedule man. game? 
Do you know how many wins we're going to have this year? Well, yeah, 17. Come 17, on. 17, right, right. Just like I'm not, we, I'm we not trying past, right? to say I'm being over-optimistic, but let's just say I found over the weekend that my ring size is 13. So. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love the optimism. Love hey, it's the, all we got, man. Hey, rebuilding since 1964. That's Shout exactly out. Right. Yeah, I brought my favorite lucky shirt today. So, now back to the food. So we were also talking about before the show, you know, just some of the famous TV chefs. Um, oh, we were kind of going through some of those names. Who to you is the ultimate food celebrity other than yourself? Uh, chef Michael Simon, Cleveland guy, the original Iron Chef, Mabel's Barbecue over on 4th is just uh, an experience for a big box shop. Yeah. You know, I'm a big believer in the mom and pop places, but they got it dialed in over there. Uh, a guy that's just put Cleveland food on the map, you know, and... Uh, an ultimate icon and Friend of show, by the way. Is yeah. he? All right. Oh, yeah. Hey, He's shout out, on the show twice. Hey, man, let's go. Uh, come on over. Let's show me some stuff. Um, but no, I think he is the ultimate food foodie. Yeah. Like I said, the original Iron Chef, and he's got them Cleveland ties, and he's done a lot of good. And he's a big Cleveland guy. He's big pro community, from what I can gather. So love Seth Simon and everything he stands for. You think any of these dishes could beat Bobby Flay? You All ever of watch them. that show? <laughs> All of them. Bobby Flay's <laughs> overrated. <I'm laughs> Another hot take. Right I don't know. I, know. I don't know. I'm here to I'm like. I want to mow him take. down. Next, who's next? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Oh, you want to get me started on Ramsey, who hasn't changed his menu in 30 years at Hell's Kitchen? What? I said it. I said it. Guy Fieri is an Ohio guy, at least. Yeah, he's cool. I mean, the leather Flavor pants. Town. We need to get him some new leather pants. You know? <laughs> I mean. I feel bad. Can you imagine being around hot fire and like leather pants all day? That's how I know it's kind of like, is it real? Because I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Fair questions. Yeah. So what's next at the Dude Network? Where can everybody find you here, Tony? Uh, everyone, like the dudenetwork.com will be launching here soon. Um, and that'll be like where our live streams will be at and we'll have like recent content. But basically, if you have a social media platform, uh, Dude Network has a good presence on um, all of them. We have like six or seven total um, for anywhere from like TikTok to Clapper to um, like Pinterest, Twitch, Twitter, like Facebook. Um, yeah, all of them. Yeah. So we're just, I don't know what's next, man. I guess yeah. I, one day at a time. Uh, just one keep brisket at a time. One brisket one at a time. time. Yeah. That's, that's good living right there. That's good living, man. One day. For, forget about John over there running all those miles. I'd rather hang out over here with all this meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I might feel a lot better the next day if I'm over there, but I'll hey. tell you what, this is good stuff. That's I'm a good uh, post-run. Yeah, it's yeah, all protein. That's post, true. Yeah, hey, this spread. is red meat. It's good for the red blood cells, and it'll, it'll settle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say I'm just getting ready for tailgate season. Yeah. I mean, that's I think that's my Super Bowl. That's what I look forward to. Uh, I want to do some theme cooks this year of like you know like who the Browns are playing. Like you know, oh that's like fun. I, I was saying uh, on the on with Chico earlier, like you know, overcook some wings when we're playing the Ravens. You know, <laughs> make some rubbery chicken like Burrow's elbow when we're playing the when we're playing the uh, Bengals. <laughs> You're not gonna and, make. "Quote unquote chili." If we're playing the Bengals, I'm they, telling you right now, whoever puts cinnamon and chili just don't even follow me. Amen. Well, amen. We, can't, we can't. We can't do it. You make oh. a real chili, right? Yeah, like a man's chili, not yeah, like yeah, cinnamon, like tomatoes, gravy, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's got red, white, and blue in it. Right. Yeah, because those colors don't run. Yeah, yeah there that's you that go. Chili. There that's you that. go. Hey. <laughs> and I put beans in my chili, too. It's, I don't want chili sauce for my dogs. I want chili with beans. So. I love this. Okay, so you have to tell us now. There's so much a warfare over chili. It's this crazy. is a polarizing yeah. one. Pineapple on pizza, yay uh, or nay? Oh, oh don't even. I, okay, we go. does anyone in here like pineapple on pizza? I, All right, I do. you guys I, are all I excluded. I, I do nope. as well. So, yeah. so here's the I thing. I don't get it. You're not, not welcome. You don't get it, Gab? No, I would not, never no. intentionally order it, but if it was sitting there and somebody told me have a slice of it, I totally would. Well, yeah, because we love but food. But I would never I would never go John, where do you come way. out? I, I'm, I'm against having pineapple on against my pizza. Against pineapple. Like Nick. If it's there. Yeah. It's pizza, right? If pizza's yeah, out I, there, then pizza's out there. You're going to eat There's two it. founding principles the Dude Network stands on. Uh-oh. Pineapple Here we go. does we're, not we're go in. on pizza, and cinnamon does not go in chili. Wow. And if you violate commandment one or commandment two, then I mean, you're still welcome, but you know, you're at the bottom of the list. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Two founding principles. We're already hitting on that. I mean, yeah, you guys, this, anything else we want to trigger me? I knew he was a real one. Gab's got you going. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm pleased to hear yeah, that. Yeah, could you think of anything else? Any other hot take food related? For food related? Oh, man. Um, Waffles or pancakes? It's a good one. We go with some breakfast food. That's I mean, a, waffle a because. You can do a lot of stuff with a waffle maker. Yeah. You can yeah, do you some can. crazy, crazy. Belgian waffle maker. You can, like, oh, throw okay. all kinds of stuff in, like, waffle mix, like chunks of steak or sausage, oh, and then wow. throw it in a waffle maker. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty passionate about eggs. What is the most elite style of egg one can order at breakfast? Uh, I'm a, my kids love the scrambled eggs. Um, I, there's, like, an art form to make a nice, fluffy uh, oh, scrambled yeah. eggs. Yeah. And uh, but no one can really mess up like a sunny side up. No, you really can't. I mean, you can, well, but you'd have to try. You'd I've have to it. put in some really good effort. All right, you'd have I to got forget w- about it. Yeah, yeah. I got another one. This one's from our intern Jack. Okay, is hot dog is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes, it is. Absolutely. There's meat and there's bread. There's it, two slices of it if you really want to rip it in half. I was like, well, what happens if you put the so- hot dog sideways? Then you got a bun on top and bottom. I mean, it looks like a sandwich where I come from. Mm-hmm. How about a taco? Is a taco a sandwich? No, taco's a taco. Wow, all right. Well, this is getting <laughs> interesting. That, now that's where the line is. Wow. <laughs> that's, all right, all right, all right. All right. You, got, you got an inch out of me. Don't take a mile. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> is it because if you turn the taco sideways, the contents pour out, and by default that makes it... Too messy to be considered a sandwich. Same thing with I the hot think, dog. Yeah, but, if you had a yeah, crappy but I feel like you have bun. More leverage with the bun and hot dog. Well, well, but, but, but the, the hot dog now. bun's bread. Taco is like a crunchy tortilla chip. Unless well, you have soft shell. Unless you get the soft shell. But then that's like a super thin. I mean, it's not really bread. That's it's my thing like, with a hot dog too. Because that's made of corn. Flour. Like it's made of corn and like and water and flour. Like it's not. There's no yeast in in like a tortilla shell. True. Have yeast to True. Be bread. A pivotal piece of the sandwich, I do feel like, is the bread. Well, yeah. All yeah. right. So you make the distinction. Right now, there. if you took like two pieces, we're, we're of corn, really solving the world's problems. If you would take a piece of cornbread and cut it in half and then put taco meat on it, then we're talking. There you go. There's your answer. Hey, that's something. That could you could include that I'm in. Allergic the... to all this cinnamon and chili talk. <laughs> <laughs> Best place to tailgate in Cleveland. Muni lot. Let's there go. You go. There you go. That or Burke, of course. Burke Lakefront Airport. Well, now, you know, we are as going, long as we're here. We're going to make it the we're that's going to take right. over the Muni lot. Muni lot, enjoy your run because it's right. short lived. <laughs> <laughs> we have indoor plumbing here. So we, we are already the extension running. of the Muni lot <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Yeah, we do. All right. Any more brain bruisers for Tony before we get eaten? 
That's all I can think of. Yeah, brisket fat cap or up or down is a big is a big one for the barbecue world. Wow, that sounds deep in the weeds. It's really deep. Like Myron Mixon, the winningest man in barbecue. Okay. He will fight you and tell you you stink to your face <laughs> if you say you cook your brisket fat cap up. Wow. All right. I, I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> There's a whole world I don't it's, know. It's like all about the this fat. A, and this all process. starts when you just start grilling? Like yeah, you just, I learned. Your I learned. mom wanted you to learn how to cook for yourself in Dude, college, and now you're deep in the weeds now. Three, like three years ago, fights. I didn't even know how to make street a smoke fights. ring. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Street fights over sandwiches. Yeah, maybe just tell us, is it all grilling? Like, do you do what? what Man, everything. There, it's all on YouTube, What's involved? Too. Um, I, there's some days you'll see me cooking on the stove. There's days you'll see me in the oven. There's days you'll see me open fire. Okay, so there, you don't have a niche. You're an all-around utility whatever, guy. I am a busy brain. Utility. I get bored very easily, so I have very I can't do one style every single day. Like, and that my family doesn't really like the smoked meats as much as I do. So they like the standard, mm-hmm. you know, like doctored up mac and cheese or (laughs) or some fancy chicken nuggets you know or something you know something like that so i guess i see people like make something i'm like oh that's cool but how can i make it my own you know because i don't like to copy anybody i'd like to try to keep it as original but i do get inspired by a lot of different dishes out there good so i think it's the fun of learning different ways to cook it like oh you do it this way but yeah have you tried it this way like i want to be the one that created this way yeah. yeah. Like, you see what Tony did? No. What? Like, wow, he did it inverted. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, people can find all the ins and outs and, and how you're going to do what you just did for us today and then some. It's and as you prepare food. for the Muni lot. Yeah. All on, let's see, you said TikTok, you're on all kinds of, I know yeah. Twitter. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, on YouTube are the biggest five. And then, you know, the dudenetwork.com. And if anybody wants to use any of the seasonings, they're all small businesses. There's nothing in That's it for awesome. me, but they do give me coupon codes and stuff like that. If you want to try any of that stuff, there's a link tree link on every profile. Um, I do have a seasoning come out uh, with Redbeard Seasoning. It's going to be really fun. Um, it's a twist on everything bagel seasoning. Um, awesome. I've never saw a zesty or spicy version of it. So we have zesty anything bagel coming out here oh, wow. with Redbeard seasoning here in a week or Ooh. two. And it's the only thing out there that we can find like it. So it's going to be a fun twist on just a simple cream cheese topping. And on those poppers you got to have earlier, it, Which had, were that, fabulous. it had that seasoning on the cream cheese. So the okay. seasoning on those poppers were the upcoming zesty anything bagel season. I think that's, that's low-key my favorite. I mean, of all appetizers, all tailgate foods here in the yeah. last 10 years, that one has really been a comer and that one's i mean that one's is really anybody watching you literally just half a mini sweet pepper put a little bit of cream cheese on it seasoning and a strip of bacon you don't got to wrap the bacon and do all this fancy toothpick work beef bacon if you got it obviously but the pork bacon would work too but yeah if you just put it right there on top and just put that flesh side down on your grill it'll roast that pepper and it'll crisp the bacon on top and soft that cream cheese up and it's a super easy tailgate thing that's got four different kinds of flavor in one little bite it's awesome Love it's it. awesome yeah thank you so much tony for thanks, coming yeah, in thanks thank for you. cooking for us i cannot thank you enough this is fabulous thank this you guys for stuff. the invite i enjoy uh sharing my heart which is my food with everybody yeah. so thank you for making me feel very pretty today <laughs> yeah we appreciate it's, it's hard you. you know with a face like this i don't get many moments like that so thank you guys everything uh for everything and uh hopefully this isn't the last time and hopefully you guys just oh, it en- won't enjoy the it food. won't be yeah, it won't i'm be. gonna be calling you no doubt about it Let's after go. this food today i love it love everything about it it's been uh, good vibes up here you guys got a great yeah. thing going keep crushing it this shows uh 
an inspiration for a lot of Browns fans, especially during the offseason. So you guys do a good service for all the diehard Cleveland sports fans up there, too. So you guys keep doing what you're doing, too. I'm up all the way up here for a reason. You know, I wouldn't have come done it for, for just anybody. But, Chris, you know, you and I have become uh, oddball friends like, in passing in the last couple of years. So it's been oddball nice to, friends. Yeah, like a weird, weird way of how it came together. But here we are. It's just like everything else all, does. All internet friendships should yeah, be it's, it's really oddball weird. Like, friends. Gab Week, we've had you on before. And it's like, I like I saw it, It's like, I know Gab. But she's like, I'm like, oh, by the way, like, hey, in person. Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize. I was like, I guess is. that's right. Isn't yeah. It? So yeah. it's fun. It's been a blessing to be up here today. So thank you guys for everything. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank Thanks, you. Tony. Absolutely. Thanks, Tony. We appreciate it. It's good to know food people, first That's of all. right. Yeah. 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 Hey, <laughs> things go south. You need a guy that can cook. That's a fact. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> two people yeah. to know. Always know somebody with a boat and somebody who knows yep. how to cook. Yeah. Those two things. I might if not to make alcohol, but we can't talk about that a whole lot. So I'd have that going <laughs> for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, awesome. this has been great. We've Once we really open our speakeasy here, we're going to be talking. <laughs> no one speaks of the speakeasy. There you go. Well... I mean, I really want to just stuff my face, but I think, do, do you want to do the bets, Nick, or, or what? We better go through the, the bets. Yeah, I think we we do have a sponsor. <laughs> we have a sponsor that to, to see fulfill. The bets come up. Yeah. Let's hit the bets, boom. All right, hit the bets. You could bet with the show crew all season long. What is up, Gab? <laughs> Typico lets you bet on the biggest sporting events all year round. The NBA Finals are here. The Stanley Cup Finals are here. Guardians Baseball, you name it, they have it over at Typico. There's so many ways to bet with their boosts, promos, same-game parlays just launched for MLB. I got inside word. Gab, again, you just help yourself. Um <laughs> Oh, look at that. Wow. Sorry, I'm just really excited. Same game parlays will be fully live also for NFL season. So now is the time to sign up with our show link to get $200 of bets on us with that $50 deposit. When you use code reflog, you got to be 21 years or older to gamble in Ohio. Oh. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's take a look at some of these bets. Guardians and Red Sox this week. Uh, tomorrow is the first game of this series. You guys know what we like to do when the series kind of kick off. We're going to build a same game parlay, a spread, a money line, total runs, player props, whatever it's, we want to like do. It's like a betting shish kebab, if it's you a, It's a betting shish kebab. Look at that. We're, we're in Wow, look at that. Mm -hmm. So, Gab, I know you can't actually place these, but you've been in a, a tremendous help in building legs. So throw me a leg tomorrow for, for Guardians and Red Sox. I believe it's going to be our guy, Shane, mm. versus, um, versus Paxton for the Red Sox. And the Red Sox are, like, horrible. They've lost five of their last seven. So let's... Do the default Guardians money line. Well, we yeah, and we also shall we. We're trying to win money, so default Stephen Kwan. Okay, hit. Gab's nice. got the Stephen Kwan. And hit. then maybe so uh, Bieber. What is the Bell going to be back for this series now? I don't know. I think they're still kind of waiting. Okay, because we could do a Bell back bet. But if I he's like not that. back, that's not going to work. <laughs> so throw that one maybe on the back burner as long as we're keeping up this same theme today. <laughs> yeah, he should be back at some point, hopefully soon. Um, I like that. I like going with Quan. I think we could take the over on Biebs. 
Guardians money line. And then, yeah, if Josh Bell comes back at some point this series, hopefully tomorrow, we could sprinkle that in as well. Let's fast Otherwise, forward. my default would be Naylor. I just love Naylor. Oh, yeah. I, just, I love yeah. the whole thing. So I think one. that's going to be my fill-in all season. All right, cool. So we'll figure that out, uh, obviously, as rosters, are, you know, as the lineups get set. Let's go fast forward to Saturday, Guardians and Astros. Tristan McKenzie will be back against the cheating Houston Astros. I think I think the move here, right, is to take McKenzie's over and Guardians money line against the Astros. I feel like we'll have a lot of people backing us on that. Just you gotta. Tr- try to have sticks just strike these dudes out until mm-hmm. he blew in the face. Yeah, for sure. We what was the line see. yesterday? Five and a half. Five and a half. half Chris, he had, and he had 10. ten. I mean, that's fabulous. So that's so fabulous. Knowing Tipico and knowing the way that these things go, they're gonna up it a little bit right. because Tristan showed that he's back and that injury is you know pretty much behind him i mean that was an awesome outing so it'll probably be six and a half i think they'll probably bump him up one uh when you factor in the talent that houston has you know they still have all those same guys altuve bregman but still it's the astros screw the astros six and a half strikeouts for mckenzie is nothing bet the over yeah take the over for sure Let's go with Nuggets at Heat on Wednesday. Gab's Heat. Gab's Heat. Gab's Heat. It's back in Miami for this game as well. Um, Who is going to go over their scoring point total for game three? Mm, Out of anybody, whether it's on the Heat or on the Nuggets. Heat, Nuggets. Anybody. Hmm. That's a good question. I'm just going to go Joker. Why not? Go with Joker. Yeah. I, I think that, that they're going to come out motivated after dropping the game last night. I'm frankly surprised that they did. So I, I think he's going to dominate. I think that they're going to get the ship kind of righted there, and I think he's going to have a big game. 28 and a half is that number that you're looking for, Chris? I yeah, I, I think he can get 30. <clears throat> 30 and what, another triple-double? I mean, yeah. it's amazing the way he's been playing. Yeah, some of the other guys that are up here. How about future Cleveland Cavalier Caleb Martin? I think that would be a fun bet right. on his over. I'm actually going to go with Kyle Lowry. Last week we had a visitor in here, uh, our, our friend Layla from Nirvana Super. Yep. He is a big investor, ambassador of that brand. So I think we're going to feel super, do kind of like a super boost nice. for Lowry. Kind of kind of blend a couple big play worlds together. Also, Kyle Lowry, just, just a legend. I love when he comes off the bench. I wish Kyle Lowry backed up DG. Is, is Kyle Lowry? He and, and that's that's the thing. I think he's thirty. Over under. Where are you setting the over under? What is his age? Thirty eight. Thirty eight. Oh really? No, he's thirty seven. Thirty right? seven. Thirty seven. Yeah, and he just turned thirty seven. He just March. turned thirty seven. That oh. is ancient for a ball player. For a basketball I, I, player. I wish he was especially kind of a role player. Though. I wish he was Garland's backup. Yeah. He runs the offense so smooth, and I yeah. think that's too a Spolster thing. Um, but he just runs their offense so well. All righty. I think no Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, we gotta get we gotta some get hockey into some in hockey. Here. Yeah, good it lord. It is the we Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. Nothing says hockey like Florida and Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> Come on. I'm going with the Golden Knights. I was gonna take the Golden Knights, but just to be different, make it exciting. I'm gonna go with Florida. Florida's the home to hockey. They're going to bring it back home there. All right. No, I got a gold, Golden Knights because I'm not a hockey fan at all. And um, Intern Jack is uh, is a Vegas fan. Vegas is up Are one. Are you a hockey thing. guy? Yes, 
They're my favorite sports. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. All right. Now I know who to go to when we have any of these questions come up, NHL related, going over here. trust his judgment. Beautiful. Beautiful. Look at that. Give me the insights. I love it. Yeah, we will see if that hits. That's right. All right. I think we call it a show. That's that is our big play best. We're all week. big, fat, and happy now. Yeah, that was some good food. Kind of reliving some old Cleveland moments there, and me in studio. This was special. So thanks again, Tony. Thanks to you guys for having me. Thanks to everybody for putting this thing together. We got some great interns for the summer, so hopefully we oh, can do yeah. some more of this fun. By the way, this was so amazing. Like you're very talented, and those vegetables. Thank you. That's how I got my wife. That's All how right. everyone's like, how'd you pull her? I was like, my grilled veggies. <laughs> <laughs> grilled veggies. I mean, seriously, if you don't like vegetables, just eat these. There you go. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad you liked it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Guys, great show, and we'll see you next week. It's time. Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio. Presenting the undefeated Undisputed Heavyweight Podcast of the World, The Big Play Reflux Town.